Welcome back to the third week of Ordinary Time. One of the great metaphors that we see throughout the Old and the New Testament equates those of the faithful, the priests, the followers, to farmers, to people who are cultivating crops, or in the case of some, to shepherds. But it is very agrarian type of, of metaphor that we see throughout. And this week, we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see the shepherd boy, David, ascending to become a king. And ultimately, Nathan pointing to the seeds that were planted with David towards the, the, the long lineage that ultimately leads us to Jesus. In the New Testament readings, in the, in the Gospels, Jesus is heavy into his parables and all of them in that same vein of someone sowing the seeds. So we'll talk through what some of those things mean, pull out some of those key points during the reflections. But think about, think about everything that you're hearing in this week's readings through that lens of, of planting those seeds for the future, for our own futures and for those that come after us. Monday, January 22nd, 2024. A reading from the second book of Samuel. All the tribes of Israel came to David in Hebron and said, Here we are, your bone and your flesh. In days past, when Saul was our king, it was you who led the children of Israel out and brought them back. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and shall be commander of Israel. When all the elders of Israel came to David at Hebron, King David made an agreement with them there before the Lord, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was thirty years old when he became king, and he reigned for forty years. Seven years and six months in Hebron over Judah, and thirty-three years in Jerusalem over all Israel and Judah. Then the king and his men set out for Jerusalem against the Jebusites who inhabited the region. David was told, You cannot enter here. The blind and the lame will drive you away, which was their way of saying, David cannot enter here. But David did take the stronghold of Zion, which is the city of David. David grew steadily more powerful, for the Lord of hosts was with, was with him. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one 
can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder the ha- his house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. A reading from the second book of Samuel. David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David amid festivities. As soon as the bearers of the ark of the Lord had advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. Then David, girt with a linen apron, came dancing before the Lord with abandon, as he and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and to the sound of the horn. The ark of the Lord was brought in and set in place within the tent David had pitched for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. When he finished making these offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and then distributed among all the people to each man and each woman in the entire multitude of Israel, a loaf of bread, a cut of roast meat, and a raisin cake. With this, all the people left for their homes. The word of the Lord. Before going to the gospel this week, a quick note of context on this particular reading, because we've skipped over quite a lot of, of background. In the first book of Samuel, we hear that, um, that the Israelites had lost the Ark of the Covenant to the Philistines. Well, shortly thereafter, the Philistines um, experienced a whole series of tragedies, of inflictions from the Lord, and basically they handed the, the Ark back to the Hebrews to ensure that they weren't going to be subjected to, to even more um, downfalls. And the Hebrews had kept um, the uh, the ark uh, in one of their temples um, for some period of time. So David, following a more recent battle with the Philistines, brought the ark back into the city of, uh, of David, into Jerusalem. But en route to Jerusalem, there was a, a man named Uzzah who... Um, as the the cart on which the ark of the covenant was being carried shook a little bit he grabbed hold of the cart to the the ark to make sure that it didn't fall and he was uh cast down he was he was killed um based on uh him not being of uh sufficient worth to be able to touch the ark and so what we see here is that upon bringing the ark into Jerusalem, David is immediately giving offerings to the Lord and goes on and is dancing um, basically in a way that that demeans himself in order to please the Lord um, in any way that he can find fit. Um, and ultimately, we're going to see that he's asking the Lord, you know, do you want a home for, for the ark of the covenant? Um, so it's, it's important to see that there's this this entire um, 
entire thread around the transport of the ark from the time that it was lost to the Philistines, ultimately to its um, its final home uh, in the Temple of Solomon after the death of David. Now, a reading from the Gospel according to Mark. The mother of Jesus and his brothers arrived at the house. Standing outside, they sent word to Jesus and called him. A crowd seated around him told him, Your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. But he said to them in reply, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those seated in the circle, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. A reading from the second book of Samuel. That night, the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Should you build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day on which I led the children of Israel out of Egypt to the present, but I have been going about in a tent under cloth. In all my wanderings everywhere among the children of Israel, did I ever utter a word to any one of the judges whom I charged to tend my people Israel, to ask, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, speak thus to my servant David. The Lord of hosts has this to say, It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you. And I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old, since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. It is he who shall build a house for my name. And I will make his royal throne firm forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And if he does wrong, I will correct him with the rod of men and with human chastisements. But I will not withdraw my favor from him as I withdrew it from your predecessor, Saul, whom I removed from my presence. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. Nathan reported all these words and this entire vision to David. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. 
On another occasion, Jesus began to teach by the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him, so that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on land, and he taught them at length in parables. And in the course of his instruction, he said to them, Hear this, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for the lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it produced no grain. And some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit. It came up and grew and yielded thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. He added, whoever has ears to hear ought to hear. And when he was alone, those present along with the twelve questioned him about the parables. He answered them, The mystery of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to those outside everything comes in parables, so that they may look and see, but not perceive, and hear and listen, but not understand, in order that they may not be converted and be forgiven. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear, Satan comes at once and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown in rocky ground who, when they hear the word, receive it at once with joy, but they have no roots. They last only for a time. Then when tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Those sown among thorns are another sort. They are the people who hear the word, but worldly anxiety, the lure of riches, and the craving for other things intrude and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But those sown on rich soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it, and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thursday, January 25th, 2024. The feast day of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Saul, still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he should find any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. On his journey, as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, sir? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. 
The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, for they heard the voice, but could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days he was unable to see, and he neither ate nor drank. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is there praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him that he may regain his sight. But Ananias replied, Lord, I have heard from many sources about this man, what evil things he has done to your holy ones in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to imprison all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. And I will show him what he will have to suffer for my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me, Jesus who appeared to you on the way by which you came, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately things like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized, And when he had eaten, he recovered his strength. He stayed some days with the disciples in Damascus, and he began at once to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, Is not this the man who in Jerusalem ravaged those who call upon his name and came here expressly to take them back in chains to the chief priests? But Saul grew all the stronger and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus, proving that this is the Christ. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Jesus appeared to the eleven and said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Friday, January 26th, 2024. The Memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. A reading from the second epistle of St. Paul to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, for the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, 
my dear child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, I yearn to see you again, recalling your tears, so that I may be filled with joy as I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and that I am confident lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, nor of me a prisoner for his sake, but bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. The word of the Lord. Before going on to the gospel, there's actually a second reading. This one um, reflects Titus, whose Memorial Day it also is. So a reading from Paul's epistle to Titus. Paul, a slave of God and apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's chosen ones and the recognition of religious truth in the hope of eternal life that God, who does not lie, promised before time began, who indeed at the proper time revealed his word in the proclamation with which I was entrusted by the command of God our Savior, to Titus, my true child in our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete, so that you might set right what remains to be done, and appoint presbyters in every town as I directed you. The word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to the crowds, This is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day. And the seed would sprout and grow, he knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed that, when it is sown in the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants, and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them. But to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one note about the past two days. Yesterday being the feast day of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle, and today is the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. These three are 
inextricably tied together. St. Paul, of course, being the, um, the great persecutor, one of the chief persecutors of the early Christians, and, um, and then turned, based on the sign from Jesus, turned to become one of its staunchest advocates and, and warriors. Paul, in a lot of ways, was given a lot of the gifts that he had based on its practice against the very people that he came ultimately to save. And he passed this same um, gift along to Timothy and Titus. You see, in the case of Timothy and Titus, neither one was raised Jewish. There's a, a, a segment about St. Timothy that when Paul met Timothy and Timothy converted, that Paul then circumcised Timothy, despite the Council of Jerusalem ultimately saying that uh, circumcision wasn't required for a Gentile to follow Christ. And he also met Titus, who w- once again uh, wasn't Jewish. Timothy at least had a Jewish mother, um, but both Timothy and Titus were raised Greek, raised as Gentiles and as pagans. Um, and so it was actually Paul that introduced both to what they referred to as the way at the time, but re- introduced them to, to Jesus and basically planted the seeds with them to place Timothy and Titus in their respective locations, uh, Timothy initially in Ephesus and then Titus in Crete, basically to grow the faith in those places. And you hear in the, this, um, in the epistle to Titus, him telling Titus, go and um, assign, uh, establish presbyters in each of the cities of Crete basically as a means for building the church in that part of the world where, uh, for the most part, neither Judaism nor ultimately Christianity had taken hold. So seeing these these early champions of faith during this week when we're talking so much about planting the seeds for later harvest is really poignant. Saturday, January 27th, 2024. A reading from the second book of Samuel. The Lord sent Nathan to David, and when he came to him, Nathan said, Judge this case for me. In a certain town there were two men, one rich, the other poor. The rich man had flocks and herds in great numbers, but the poor man had nothing at all, except one little ewe lamb that he had bought. He nourished her, and she grew up with him and his children. She shared the little food he had, and drank from his cup and slept in his bosom. She was like a daughter to him. Now the rich man received a visitor, but he would not take from his own flocks and herds to prepare a meal for the wayfarer who had come to him. Instead, he took the poor man's ewe lamb and made a meal of it for his visitor. David grew very angry with that man and said to him, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this merits death. He shall restore the ewe lamb fourfold because he has done this and has had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, The sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah to be your wife. 
Thus says the Lord, I will bring evil upon you out of your own house. I will take your wives while you live to see it, and will give them to your neighbor. He shall lie with your wives in broad daylight. You have done this deed in secret, but I will bring it about in the presence of all Israel, and with the sun looking down. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan answered David, The Lord on his part has forgiven your sin. You shall not die. But since you have utterly spurned the Lord by this deed, the child born to you must surely die. Then Nathan returned to his house. The Lord struck the child that that the wife of Uriah had borne to David, and it became desperately ill. David besought God for the child. He kept a fast, retiring for the night to lie on the ground clothed in sackcloth. The elders of his house stood beside him, urging him to rise from the ground, but he would not, nor would he take food with them. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with him in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already filling up. Jesus was on in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even the wind and the sea obey? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I'll try to keep things short because I know that it was an exceptionally long set of readings this week. Um but certainly some, some important uh, themes that we're picking up. I'm hoping that people were able to track the, the theme of sowing the seeds for the future through all of these readings, um, both in the Old and in the New Testament. And I, I wanted to point out that I, I thought it was particularly beautiful that we bring in the feast days for St. Paul, St. Timothy, and St. Titus in... Uh, in this week around sowing seeds. Um, Because between the lineage of David and those three, um, I don't know that there are better examples of the sowing of seeds uh, for the faith. But let's start by looking at the first parable that we get from Jesus this week, which is the sower dropping seed on various types of ground. That if he drops it on the uh, the stony path, it's going to simply be plucked away. And that being emblematic of, of Satan basically pulling away the, the word before it even has a chance to, to take growth. 
or if it's put in in poor soil then and not able to root um that it's it's not going to last and ultimately you know if it's among thorns or, or, or brambles that they'll choke the seed and it can only grow so far of course the ideal would be to put it into rich lush nourishing soil but taking the analogy a step further it doesn't necessarily mean that we're always found in the right soil to begin with certainly we're given a set of gifts and and we're given an identity we're given um you know an understanding of the fruits that we could be yielding by the so you know from birth from the the soil we're initially planted into but if we look at saint paul for instance and this was someone who uh had a number of talents that were imbued upon him um who was an extremely powerful character and figure someone who was very dominant and was able to use those those tools those talents um, that had been nourished and cultivated um, unfortunately to terrible means but then he was transplanted he was moved from the soil where his his talents were being employed to the wrong ends and moved over into that rich uh, nurturing soil that the Lord gave him. And then Paul goes on then to spread the seeds further. You know, first we see the reading from St. Timothy, from the, the letter to St. Timothy, where Paul, who had spent time with Timothy and Timothy had become a bishop ultimately in, uh, in Ephesus, um, Paul says, listen, don't, don't be disheartened by the fact that I've been put in prison, but rather use those tools that I've given you, that I imbued upon you, that I laid at your feet to do the work even further, to plant even more seeds. And he, he turns around to Titus and, and I would say even take, takes it further than that in the reading that we get from the epistle to Titus where he says, listen, I needed to leave Crete so that you could take responsibility among your own countrymen and to establish presbyters, basically bishops in the various cities, to further build out that early framework of the church. And this is particularly notable because both Timothy and Titus were Gentiles. Timothy's mother was Jewish, but he wasn't raised in the Jewish faith. And Paul brought the word of the Lord to both of these guys. And, and the seeds that he planted led for them not only to be followers of Christ, but to be some of his great advocates, establishing the roots of the church in Greece. We see even more from the Old Testament. I mean, this is perhaps taking the idea of planting the seeds for the future to a whole new level. Because the Lord says, I planted these seeds with you, David. It says through, through Nathan, I planted these seeds with you. I helped you through your battles. I, I, I picked you from the, the uh, sheep fields. Um, I, I kept you from your enemies. I helped you 
to grow into the king that you are. But your legacy isn't going to be the fruits of your kingship. It's going to be the fruits of your heir's kingship and the further lineage. And of course, in this case, when when Nathan refers to the heir of David building the house for the ark, he's referring to Solomon, who ultimately built the temple. And then he talks about how David's lineage will have no end and that ultimately his his throne will be everlasting, which we know, you know, the, the punchline of that story comes with uh, with Jesus establishing the kingdom of heaven. So we've got time and again this this theme, and even using, including in, in the second book of Samuel, use Samuel using this this metaphor of planting seeds as uh, as really central. And of course, we as Christians then are, are called upon to plant our own seeds to employ our talents and capabilities and influence to really plant plant those seeds for both our generation and for those to come, for our children and so forth. And so if I can plant one seed this week, it will be relating to the other theme that came about within this week's readings. It's the theme of confession. I know a lot of people have stayed away from confession because it's been so long and that going through sacramental confession is scary or or they don't know really where to start. But I think it's important to look at the two key figures this week, aside from Jesus, of course, David and Paul. King David was posed with his sins by Nathan, and he confessed he was contrite. He did both personal penance and a greater toll was taken on him with the death of his child by Bathsheba. But ultimately, he was forgiven. In the case of Paul, he was encouraged to go to Ananias, a priest in Damascus, a follower of Christ and encouraged to find forgiveness with him. Ananias basically placed his hands on him, and his penance was paid, the penance of blindness in this point, in this case. And of course, Paul goes on to talk about the further uh, tribulations that he would undertake in following the Lord from there. But these were two people who had not confessed their sins throughout their lives. And if they can do it, I don't see why anyone else can't. So if I can plant that seed with anyone who who hasn't been to confession for some time, or that some time could be decades, and encourage you to do so, I certainly would like to. People may say that they can keep their own counsel, but we see in these two cases the Lord telling such dominant, powerful figures as David and as Paul 
to turn to their priests and seek forgiveness. It's something that someone who's very dear to my family encouraged us to do and has made a big difference in our lives. So as you plant the seeds for the future, I would encourage you to start with yourself. Repot yourself into that more vibrant, healthy soil and continuing yielding the fruits that the Lord expects of us. Thanks be to God. Thank you.